Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to My Millennial Money. This is your podcast. It is for you, the listener and the members of our Facebook group. Today, we're going to answer a heap of your questions, and this could go anywhere. Let's get it on. Sup, how are you? Glenn, awesome. You? I'm not too bad. I had Vietnamese last night for dinner. Really? I didn't get the chopstick fatigue that I had previously Mm. at Korean. Because your meal was well, yeah, smaller. I didn't use chopsticks either. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit easier with a fork, isn't it? Yeah, but like we had these, um, you know, the spring rolls that you get there, rice paper rolls. Yeah. How do you cut them? They don't provide you with a, a, mm. a. They don't provide you with a knife. No. There's a fork. There's a spoon and two chopsticks. You chop them. With what? Well, today, um, we're going to answer your questions, but before we get into that, just remember, if you do want some delicious coffee, and John loves his delicious coffee, mm-hmm. gleecoffee.com.au, they'll ship anywhere in Australia. Uh, they'll ship beans, they'll grind it probably. Uh, use the promo code M3, they're a supporter of the show, and we thank them very much. Or jump on Instagram at gleecoffee, uh, give them a follow. Um, a couple of mates bought theirs last week online and... yeah. Raving. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, it's working. Mm. Um, Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, it is good coffee. Yeah. Um, No denying. There's a local cafe that I go to and they're not using Glee and I keep telling them, you've got to change. You've got to change. Shout out to Flower & Co. No, not them. No. (laughs) Well, we we are getting some free coffee. Have you used all your coffees yet? No. Have you? No. I've still got like 10 left, I think. I think Amy went in and used a couple. Okay, so they used um, my... Okay, I think when they gave us our original credits, mm. they put them on the one. Oh, did they? And they're like, oh, John came in the other day and he used like five. <laughs> so, they're like, we'll give you another 10. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you will. Yeah. But uh, thanks, Grace and Tim, for that. We do appreciate your coffee. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing is... If you want to stay connected with us uh, or send us any questions, the Facebook group is where we we take most of our questions and we hang out on Instagram. You're listening to My Millennial Money. It's the podcast where qualified, successful people with real careers and goals set aside their time to provide you with completely free advice. Don't you feel guilty? So, the first question is from Ali. She lives in Canberra. Um, She actually sent in her question. If you actually want to send in your audio questions, just, um, you know, send send me a message on uh, Instagram and I'll give you my email and you can email it to me. Or you can just email glenn at sortyourmoneyout.com and we'll play it on the show because it's a little bit more dynamic when there's actually 
questions. Yeah, they can go into a bit more detail too. Yeah, that's right. So mm. let's have a listen to Ali's question now. Hey guys, my partner and I are currently saving for a house deposit to buy our first home. Um, we are 23 and live in Canberra and we would be looking to buy here as well. We are both from small towns and have no desire to move from here in the foreseeable future. Um, we are aiming for a 50000 deposit but currently have about 16000 saved. Uh, neither of us have any debt. Um, well, I have a hex help debt but Alex doesn't. Um, we are both uni students and I currently work full-time and my partner works part-time. So we really want to hunker down and save for the deposit while we're in the best position to do so. The other option we have is continue saving and buy the business that I work at, but I don't know how much we'd actually need for that. Um, my boss is an old family friend and has already told me before that he'd be willing to make a deal. Um, he's insinuated that, you know, buy the business and we'd be able to buy a house faster but we'd still be buying a business before we brought a house and again that's then another layer of scary um at least it would be a business that I know like the back of my hand but still ridiculously scary especially at 23 um all right Ali that's um it's a big question it was all going good until she turned around and wanted to buy the freaking business <laughs> but I, I will say um <coughs> I think, yeah, all day long, you're considered a de facto couple. Uh, if you're sharing bank accounts, you've been living together for a million years. Yeah. Um, tapping that pen comes through the microphones <laughs> and I always hear it and it annoys me. Um, I don't know. What what would your initial comments be after hearing that, John? Yeah, there's a couple of observations for, for Ali. Uh, great question. Thank you for spearing it through. Um as you mentioned, we're, we're going okay in terms of the owner-occupier saving for the deposit. Great work. We know what our aim is, 50K. Mm. Take advantage of the first homeowner's grant, uh, which was great. But, yeah, there's a lot of question marks in your head by the sounds of it, and that probably needs to be outlined first and foremost. Um, in regards to not getting ahead as quick as she wants, it is a longer. So mm. you, you're both at uni. Uh, I'm not sure of your total income. You mentioned that you're working full time, full time, and old mate part time. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, one at uni, one full time. But um, so how? I think there's a lot of people out there that want results tomorrow. I'm one of them, and I've been guilty of it in the past as well. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk, commonly known as Gary V, mm. puts out some fantastic. Uh, messages about playing the long game mm, and delayed gratification. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's it's not it's not a, a a short fast result. It's a it's a long term thing. So I think and and having that consistency to get that result um, is key. Um, that's one thing. Don't be impatient. Yeah, I, I would probably say off the top of the bat, um, you know, you're twenty three. Like, even for the next two years, if you did nothing but just keep saving and staying out of debt, mm. for the next couple of years, that's perfect. Um, Absolutely. Or at least let's both finish uni before we buy a house. Yeah. And, and she mentioned they've been together five years, which is great. They're looking at marriage and kids, etc. Mm. Um, I think 
there's no there's no rush to to go and buy that forever home unless put it put it this way at at 20 you, you look at your 33 year old when i was 23 i wasn't as focused as she was in terms of relationships and, sure. and kids so i think if you looked at what do you want in 10 years time mm. if you don't know the answer to that i don't know if you can buy your forever home at 23 yeah because you're from a small country town um you may want to move back there one day you is canberra for your forever mm. um town yeah there's a lot of variables around that. So that, then she went on to say, well, rent versus living. Partner wants to maybe rent it out. Yeah, rent, um, rent vest. Rent vest. Yeah. And then the other option was to buy a business. Okay, so we've got 16 grand saved. Mm. What are we going to buy the business with? Mm. Is that more important than living in your own home and owning it? And I would say that 16 grand saved, you know, you might only have three grand saved if you carve off an emergency fund. Mm. So that's right. You've got to carve off an emergency fund. Yeah. And yeah, I would say you're killing it. Just keep out of debt, you know, keep studying, keep saving. Mm. Um, and maybe you both make the decision, hey, we're not doing anything until we get to that 50 grand, then we'll decide. 100%. Yeah. Or we say, we're not doing anything. We're just going to get a little share portfolio and pump that for the next three to four years mm. and then work out what we're going to do. And I don't think a decision needs to be made now because no. we haven't got funds to do anything with anyway. That's right. I mean, you know, the business thing, I would have to ask a million more questions, uh, but like is the business worth 20 grand or 200 grand? Mm. Um, there's just too many questions there. Yeah. And I wouldn't want to run into being a business owner unless you're absolutely sure that's what you want to do and that is your passion. Yeah. I know you're working at the business, but for example, if it was a dentist practice, are you um, a dental nurse or are you a training to be a dentist? Mm. Like these are, we just don't know enough information. Um, yeah, and, and not having business experience. Is it just running your own business because everyone thinks yeah. that's the thing to and do? And also, or? would you want to buy the business if it wasn't offered to you? Correct. Like it's just because like, you can doesn't mean you should. It's like buying grandma's home when she wants to sell it. Exactly. Oh, how many clients come up to you and go, oh, Nan died. Yeah. Uh, we should buy the shack. It's like, were you looking for a shack in the middle of nowhere <laughs> before right. Nan died? <laughs> Yeah, I love my nan, but um, hmm. she's yeah. Didn't but leave, uh, yeah, great question. House. You've definitely got your head screwed on. Yeah, just keep on keeping on. Do nothing. Yeah, just keep saving. Don't even worry. Enjoy your life. Hey, take five grand and go on an awesome holiday. Hmm. That's me telling people to spend their money again. <laughs> okay, Lachlan asks. I've heard that I'm better off just to, you know, pay my loan off over the five years rather than paying it out earlier. What? advice on podcasts uh pay out all debt and then starting over again what does that mean so the first part of it is if i've got the funds to pay out the loan earlier than the five years that it's designed for mm. should i do that yeah the answer to that is well if the if we pay it out earlier and don't benefit from that then probably not mm. well you've got to check like so car loans for example um, sometimes the interest rate is factored into the loan. So, if you're yeah. paying it off early, yeah. you're not actually saving money. No. You'd only be paying it off for the emotional, I want to clear it out of my life. Yeah. So, if you've got 10 grand owing on the car, we'll assume that it's a car, mm. uh, and there's five years left, and you've got 20 grand in the bank, you might just do some housekeeping and just clean that. 
Yeah, and it, it it probably depends on what what else he wants to do with funds as well. Yeah. Like if he just wants to clear debt and live happily ever after, then clear mm. it. Yeah, totally. Emma asks, my partner and I have been saving for a house and I've just started a new job and falling pregnant. Whoop, whoop. Um, will this hinder our chances to get a home loan in the current climate? We have a bit of a deposit saved, about 55K. I would love any advice. Yeah, firstly, congratulations, Emma. On the 55K and the baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it was planned, but if not, congratulations. Uh, secondly, yes, it will definitely hinder your chances. Um, banks look at serviceability as well as buying power. So buying power being the cash or equity that you can bring to the table. Serviceability is what are your income and expenses in your life. Um, and if your income is severed uh, dearly by the fact that you're no longer working, then the banks will hit you hard with that. Okay, but conversely, you're sitting down with a mortgage broker. You might only be 12, 13, 14 weeks pregnant, mm-hmm. not really showing. You might omit to tell the mortgage broker that. Because it's not, you know, you don't have any financial dependence yet, and you've still got a job. Yeah, that's that's Emma's choice mm. um, to what do or that not to smirk do. On your face. <laughs> um, yeah, look, we're not in the business of giving um, dodgy advice, but uh, well, it's just it's practical. I I don't think you should lie, but if you're not asked information, yeah. Well, essentially, the the key part of that is understanding what your cash flow will be like mm. regardless of whether you get the loan or not. Yeah, okay. Let's just cut to the chase. This is what I would do. If you were already ready to purchase, go and see a mortgage broker, get in the house, get moved before you pop the baby, mm. you know, or, you know, if you're not really, have the baby, get baby home and settled in the current house you're renting or living in, mm. um, then do it. Like yeah. it's either one side or the other. I'm, you know, if someone's nine months pregnant, I'm not going house shopping. It is 55K enough to get a property now. In their area. Yeah, yeah that, that's the first part. The second yeah. part there is, well, I've started a new job. So, is the bank wanting to see three months of, of um, income mm. in that new, new role? Is it a new industry that she's in? Sure. So, yeah. they may have restrictions around that as well. And, you know, your partner's income, could the mortgage service just on their income alone? And that's essentially what you want to check. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, hey, great position to be in. Mm. Jacob asks, we were listening to the episode regarding negative gearing and wondering if you're able to combine a personal and investment property, i.e. purchase an investment property, rent the house, yet live in the granny flat out the back. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, Jacob, in most cases you can't have your cake and eat it. So, if you yes, you're getting an income from that. It's considered an investment property for capital gains purpose, etc. Um, if or you can claim it as your principal place of residence, um, but if you're declaring income from that, mm. then also that will be impacted. So let's use an example just to make it really clear. Regardless if it's a granny flat or not, mm. okay. You purchase a five hundred thousand dollar house on a block of land. You know, there's your house. Halfway down the house, you put a wall up. Mm. And there's a back part that you can rent out and there's a front part that you live in. So, let's just say evenly $250,000 quote-unquote value per house. It's your principal place of residence. But what happens is you can claim a portion 
of the back as an investment property and receive rent. Uh But when you come to sell the property, um, there will be a prorated portion, even 50% because it's half of the house, that you won't get the capital gains tax concessions for. Yep. So, yes, it is possible, but speak to your accountant and your mortgage broker. Yeah. So, Uh either way, the positive is the cash flow. The downside would be the capital gains tax implications. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like my house at home, I don't claim any of the like home office expenses or anything like that because yeah. it just gets too messy yeah. if I ever want to, you know, offload the property. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it is possible. Ben asks, do you know Ben Howen? Yeah. Yeah. I saw him the other day and I, I walked past him the other morning. He was running and seen him for a million years. Yeah. And then I saw him at Green Tangerine. I was like, oh, I saw <laughs> Anyway. He's... Uh, Training hard, lost a lot of weight. Yes, mm. yes, he has. Um, ben asks, how often is practical to be refinancing for better home loan rates? Some good saves out there, but it's a pain in the ass to do so. Yeah. I mean, I'd be shopping every couple of years. Your mortgage yeah. brokers should be in touch with you every couple of years. Yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of them are, but yeah. in especially in the good times. Yeah. But I would say every 12 months as a minimum. Yeah. And, and it's like how much, like if you could save... $2,000 a year, for example, what's your time worth to do all the stuffing around and changing your banks and all that? Yeah, that's right. And it, in some cases, it's not actually about the the interest rate either. Like mm. it's it's um, different banks have different valuers on their panels. So you might get a better valuation from an, one particular lender, mm. which means that you might go with that lender for the purpose of getting equity out for an investment property if that's what you're wanting to do. Yeah, sure, sure. Shout Short, out, Ben. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Yeah. Benny. bit like Iron Man training. Is he doing Iron Man as well? Yeah. Really? It's one of those. Oh. Do you reckon there's ever an Iron Man in... What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon there's ever an Iron Man in Africa? I see it's too hot. Sorry? They just, they just run marathons. Yeah, fair enough. There's no beach in the middle of Africa. Can't swim. Can't swim. Um, Isabel asks... We, my husband and myself, followed the barefoot investor strategy and it worked for us to a point. Now, we don't have debt and we have some savings, but we don't know what to do next. What should we do? I don't know. Keep following the barefoot investor. What does he say? <laughs> Glenn and Scott are really good friends. Um, look, it's for me, it all comes down to strategy. Like, what, what do you want... If it was me, I'd swing back around and make sure all my foundations were sorted. So that is life insurance, income insurances, yeah. getting your will, getting your estate plan, you're out of debt. Allegedly, you'd have your um, emergency cash uh-huh. reserves. Uh-huh. So the question is now, and I'll make a number up. If, we're save, if we can save $1,000 a month, okay, the question is, what are we doing with that? You might have some short-term goals, mm. new lounge, holiday whatever you might go well we're going to put three hundred dollars a month of that into our short-term goals and wants yeah and the seven hundred dollars we want to invest for the future now with them got to work out what does it look like are we buying an investment property are we capping out our superannuation and adding more money to superannuation are we setting up a little share portfolio in our own name so it's all about what do you want your future to look like? Yeah. What short-term goals do you have? I'll just assume that you own a place. Uh, you might not. Do you need to renovate the house? Do you want to grow the family? Do you, mm. you know, what does the future look like? And then we just work backwards. Yeah. You've got to have that minimum five-year, but ideally 
10-year vision of what, what it is that you want. Yeah. So, I think, Isabel, you probably, you know, if you want to flick me a message on Instagram or in the Facebook group, I can put you in touch with a, um, you know, a good financial advisor in your area because it might be worth doing, having a bit of a chat. Mm. Or even, you know, John, if you want to talk to them, if they were interested in, you know, investing in the future with property, it could be a good thing. Yeah, because I get to the stage where it's all I do is I give some, save some, spend some. Mm. And to be honest, you know, once you've got your day-to-day living expenses sorted, once I've got my charitable giving sorted, I don't need that the rest of the money. I can invest it for the future. Yeah. So it's and then, but for me, it's like, what does the future investment strategy look like? Mm. I don't invest in my own name. I use Super, and I use, um, you know. And I use investment bonds and I've got property. Property is the only thing that I do in my name, but the asset's kind of protected with a mortgage debt against it. Yeah. So, yeah, reach out. Um, This is kind of similar. Julia asks, I have about 40K in savings, uh, but I'm not ready to buy my own home yet. Um, Happy renting in a share house. What would you recommend uh, I invest? Sorry. How would you recommend I invest that money? Well, the Glenn James Fund is a good fund. It's got a 0% return and you just transfer the money to my bank account. Sponsor My Millennial Money. Yeah, you could sponsor the show. Again, I think it's exactly the same as the last question. I probably would, though. In your situation, you're happy renting in a share house and you're not ready to buy your own house. I would probably stay cash heavy. So... I might always keep 40 grand in cash and now any further savings that you make, mm. invest that in the future. The only reason why is, you know, what happens if the landlord in the share house comes in and says, all right, everyone out, see ya. Mm. You need a little bit of an extra cash buffer in your life. Um, yeah. So, that 40 is not really 40, is it? No, I would imagine, you know, all these people that are saying, I've got X amount, X amount, let's assume that, you know, well, you've got to assume that you've got an emergency fund in addition. If you don't have that, you've got to take the emergency fund out of that. Mm. So, I would say be cash heavy. And then what you could... Just drop my water bottle. And then what you could do is even if you open an investment account, you know, throw a five grand in kicker, whatever. Yeah. And then just all your savings each month, put that in the investment account. Yeah. And we've got Vince Scully coming up in a... It will be very soon. If it's not the next episode you're listening to, it will be the next one very soon Mm. uh, talking about shares and investing and all that. John asks, I'm 26 year old who bought his first apartment on Sydney's Northern beaches with a long-term gal friend. We would like, we would now, you're tapping the pen again. (laughs) (laughs) We would now like to buy an investment property over the next few years. We are using an offset account, saving some money, but contemplating our next move. That was more of a statement. Did you ever watch Q&A where Tony Jones is like, we'll take that as a comment? <laughs> um, we're using our... Yeah, I mean, just keep pumping that offset account. I mean, if you don't know what an offset account is, just Google Glenn James, what is an offset account? And you'll see the first article <laughs> that comes up. And here's another one. Uh, it's Victoria asked, she's got, she wants to know about buying off the plan. Just sorry, going back yeah. to John for a sec. The, yeah. the only... As a savvy investor, I would look at it and say, well, that first apartment, is it brand new? If it's not, 
can it have some easy cosmetic renos done to it to mm. potentially improve its value at mm. little cost? Sure. Which may speed up the, the funds to go and buy an investment property. Yeah, well, actually, I'll swing back around to that. You know, um, he's got a, a house on the northern beaches of Sydney. That market in the last three years, is, it would have increased. Mm. Might have cooled off in the last couple of months. But Depends when he bought. That's right, but- there could be enough meat in that property. He could buy an investment property tomorrow, possibly. You know, as an example, you could get a three-bedroom townhouse in Bris Vegas or mm. somewhere like that for mm. 500 grand. Yeah, we'd need to know the yeah. situation. But, yeah, spare us a message. We can have a look at it in more detail if mm. you want. Victoria, these are all house ones, aren't they? Um, mm. Victoria wants to know about buying off the plant. Yeah, so there's no real question around that. It's just a statement. Good, yep. bad, or otherwise. Well, let's talk about the one that I got off the plan. Yeah. So, there was a couple of reasons I purchased off the plan. Number one, it wasn't my first investment property, was it? So, there was a little bit more risk involved. Yeah. Um, so, essentially, what happens is um, you purchase off a plan, which means essentially that you're buying something out of a brochure that isn't yet built, mm-hmm. and you're relying on the builder or developer to come to the party to actually get the project completed. Now, the issue when you're buying off the plan is as soon as you sign to say, I'm buying, you have to pay a 10% deposit down. So, I had, it was a $700,000 property that I got. So, I had to pay seventy grand that day. But also, the stamp duty uh, in New South Wales, at least, is due within three months of that date. So, yeah. I had to pay another $26,000 stamp duty. Yeah. So, number one, I've pretty much had to outlay hundred grand. Um, today for an asset that won't be completed for maybe 12 months. Yep. So, that's or longer. That's one thing. There's some long holding costs, which I can't do anything with. Number two, there are risks that when the property completes, that one, I might not be able to get a mortgage to service because you can't get pre-approval for something in a year's time. So, I have to, I've got some confidence that uh, at the end of 2019 or into 2020, that I can get a mortgage for 600 grand. Yeah. Okay. That may or may not happen in some people's situations. The second, or another issue, I don't know what number I'm up to, is the developer's ability to complete the project. Now, I saw an article the other day where a, um, a developer's off the plan, it wasn't completed yet, mm. um, and it went into liquidation. Yeah. So this, Sydney. yeah. So this property's half finished and it's stalled. So, if that was in my situation, basically, what do I do? Well, I've paid 100 grand. What happens? I don't know. Um, But the developer that I used, um, they were self-funded. That's Mm. correct, isn't it? Correct. Yeah. So, they don't use banks to build their properties. So, Mm. there's no chance of a bank recalling any of the loans that they've got. So, it's a little bit more secure. So, you do have Mm. to research um, the developer and make sure they've got a good track record. And the one that I got, the developer has a good track record. Uh, they build premium quality. It's not like the um, the apartments in Olympic Park that half fall over. <laughs> How bad's that, hey? Yeah, so I think you really need to to do your do your research and know you've got some certainty around the next two years of your life if you are going to mm. go ahead with something like that. Yeah. Um, there, there's definitely upsides. There's of- some yeah, some advantages like you're getting a brand new place. Yeah, um, that could be worth more at the time of completion that it was when you signed the dotted line. Yeah, without having to hold the mortgage for that 
two-year yep. period or whatever yep. it may be. I mean, like, you know, like a ream of paper is like, what, that thick? That's how thick the contract was. Yeah. Yeah. So, I had to get the solicitors to... Yeah. And, you know, they didn't move much on it, um, mm. but it was... Yeah, it's... I probably wouldn't run out and do an off-the-plan for your first investment property. No. Again, need to know Victoria's situation, but, yeah, mm. there's got to be a good reason as to why you'd you want to do that. Mm. Carter asks, do I build my first home or do I buy a first home? Uh, yeah, not much to run with here, Carter, but um, <laughs> I like the, the upside of building, definitely. You're adding value to a block of land, for example. Um, the first homeowner's grant will reward you, and that's in most states if you are building, um, if, if that is your first home. Um, but but you've also got the same risks that the builder tanks it. Yeah, you have, but you've all, you've got finance approval, haven't you? Yeah, that's um, right. So at least you have the block, you own it, and you've got funding for the building. It's yeah. just then finding another builder to complete that yeah. project. The only thing I would say is when you are building, just be really clear about your inclusions. Um, like you just don't want it to turn into a a curse, this blessing of a new home. Like make sure that, you know, a window furnishings included, is a driveway and landscape included. Yeah. You really want fixed price with all inclusions and I certainly would want a cash buffer. Um, yeah, it's got to be turnkey. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of situations I've seen where, um, yeah, someone's got finance for the building but has no finance for the landscaping or the driveway yeah. or the... I had a client a couple of years ago. We worked really hard to get them out of debt and then they got house fever and got a brand new property. Yeah. And before like, they signed the contract, and I told them no the whole time, mm. the block had to be cleared. They had to get rid of a tree on the block and that cost six grand yeah. before they even did anything. Yeah. And they just didn't have like... It was just a debacle. And by mm. the end of it, they ended up in personal loan debt because they wanted the curtains and yeah. all that crap. So Did you they re- do that themselves? It wasn't projected? It was a project home, but it just right. didn't have inclusions that they wanted. Yeah. And a lot of the project homes will be like, hey, we'll do it for this price, yeah. but if there's a giant big tree on the block, not our problem. Mm. Um, yeah. No, there's um, the massive upsides. I, I think it's like a house and land or a duplex has massive... Upsides, I like it as a strategy. Mm. Um, you've just got to know the pitfalls of um, how's of this. Building. Um, my house, because I got it brand new mm. four years ago. Um, you know, the stinking hot weekend the other day, mm. like million degrees, the aircon downstairs crapped itself. Oh, so I'm like upstairs closing all the doors, put the aircon in my room, ceiling fan, trying to blow the cool air downstairs, <laughs> but um, aircon's still under warranty. Oh really? Yep, five year warranty. So they're Just coming out this week to um to fix it or replace it. Great. Yeah. So that's a that's see that's one other blessing I guess of yeah. buying brand new. Yeah, and and not to mention obviously the tax benefits <clears throat> of high depreciation if and, you're using it as an investment property. Yeah. Yep. Rachel asks, number one, if I took parental leave in the future, I'd like my partner to contribute the minimum amount to my super as an employer for that period of time on leave if I'm not in a financial position to do that myself. My parents disagree and expect the mother just to take the hit to their super. Do you think this is an unreasonable perspective? 
Let's just mm. okay. Let's just do one thing first. Superannuation assets don't automatically form part of the marital assets. So if you're going to get divorced, it's not an instant fifty-fifty. It's not like holding a property joint tenants. Mm-hmm. Now I will say, um, I. <laughs> Hear my heart. I don't want to be rude. Um, I don't love the language um, that your partner has to contribute to your super. I think it's number one. Hey, this is our income. How are we going to use it? Yeah, it's de- definitely a we conversation, not an I. Yeah. Um, I would probably say... Um, you know, if you're taking a year off work, okay, mm. and you're earning 100 grand a year, that's what, let's, nine and a half grand that goes into super. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. Throw five grand in and get on with your life. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't think it's a huge deal because that's what, that's probably got, you've got to actually get rid of, you've got to look at the philosophy of it. Are you taking 10 years off the workforce? Or are you taking 12 months? If you're taking 12 months off the workforce or out of the workforce and you're on a hundred grand salary, there's a $9,000 hole in your super. Yeah. So, the question is, as a family unit, do we want to put $9,000 into super? And that's why I just said 5,000 before. Just like, we'll just halve it. Just yeah. do something. So, one, we need to know how much. And number two, the spirit behind it. Are you doing that because at the end of the day, you've got an inkling in the background that old Bubba ain't going to be around, mm. you know? <laughs> it's funny, you laugh at the amount of people that come up to me and say, oh, I've got 10 grand hidden over here just in case he yeah. leaves me. No, it doesn't surprise me. But I think, yeah, it's the language around it is is my issue with that one. It's if it, If Rachel is sitting down with her partner and saying, look, I'm going to be off work for this period of time. Mm. This is how much my employer would be contributing to super in that time if I was working. How about or can we find a way to um, save that amount of money and put it somewhere as opposed to you need to top up my super because I'm going off work to have your baby. Mm. Right. I I think it's the language, not so much the And I know there's probably 1% of you listening going – what do you know you guys are guys and don't have babies? It's like, yes, that's true, but we've coached enough people. It's like when people throw those accusations at me, like, oh, how can you do that? Mm. It's like, well, how come you freaking hip surgeon or ankle surgeon can ap- can operate on your ankle if they've never had an ankle operation? Themselves. Yeah, yeah. like it's it's bad logic. Like we've had enough experience with people to coach them through. Yeah. It's like I've got 82-year-old clients that I help them with their money. I'm yeah. not 82. Yeah. The concepts are the same. So Yeah, but it, I mean, I have experience in this area because You're my a- life has been off work for the last nine years, essentially. But we never look at it as though um, I have to top up her super or um, she needs to go back to work or it, it's not a me versus her yeah. it's a we what are we doing to mm. and that's why i kind of i was probably a bit more of the language side of it mm. um but absolutely it is a real problem um you know i've there is a, a gender pay gap 
And there is, um, there's stats that say that females have a lower super balance um, than males. Um, But I think it's just more of a a discussion. And what does your partner think? And yeah, it'd be, my recommendation to that would be, let's try and save that amount and put it Mm. elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but my, I would also say we need to work out how much it is. You know, mm. if if you're earning a hundred grand, we know it's nine and a half grand. Will half of that make you feel better? Yeah. And if it's going to save the, help the relationship or, I mean, if you've both got personal loans or credit card debts, mm. we shouldn't be having this conversation. Um, no. But... Yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, and it is. Uh, it's it's more and more in the media, isn't it? Because mm. of that gender pay mm. difference, and but I think it's um, it's it's an investment in your family, not so much your bank balance by going and mm. having kids, right? And and the question is, if we are prepared to put five or nine grand into super, are we better off to say, hey, let's set up an investment bond mm. and put that five k in there? Yeah, for child education i don't jimmy yeah Yeah. i don't know it's um you know we don't have all the answers here no no (laughs) (laughs) i'm just laughing at those people like staring at us so aaron and i are at westfield in my car getting laughed at by the nail salon girls getting laughed at by the nail uh, should we turn the light off? Mm. Yeah. Uh, maybe, yeah, that's probably Everyone right. can probably see Everyone's it. Everyone can see it. Yeah, so John and I um, had a question uh, that we both answered. and Together. I, together. And it was kind of a bit awkward because it would have been nice to have a woman's understanding. Well, how about I set it straight? Yeah, much like sure. white, white lady funerals. Mm-hmm. Now, so the question, and I'm paraphrasing... And I grabbed Erin on the way home from work because she's back now. And he did tell me he was going to give me a heads up, which he clearly haven't. Oh, no, I haven't, have I? No. <laughs> anyway. So, I totally forgot. But we just had a shame shake from Wendy's. But the question is, a lady is going... I forget her name because we recorded it last week. <laughs> Sorry. A lady is going on maternity leave and the little holiday that we get when yeah, we have babies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that one. Yep. You get that year off. Yep. Do, know, sit do, around and do nothing. Do nothing. And she wanted to know should her husband contribute to her super while she's on maternity leave? I mean, it's a pretty sticky point. And I think I've seen it, I'm seeing it from another side now. So. Husband forever, happy days because his is yours, yours is his, whatever. Um, what if they split? She's going to be dirty. But, I mean, you're going to feel pretty gypped, like, if you stay home and look after kids mm. and he's out working and then you don't actually get any benefit of that, like, in the long run. But the question is, if they stay together forever, yeah, you technically do? Yeah, I don't think you should. He shouldn't? No. Put money in her super? No. Okay, sweet. I think it just, it is what it is. Yeah. And that's kind of John and I were saying, and I'm sure they're lovely people, but I think there's just some things that like you need to cop on the gin. Basically what I said to John and he's kind of was the same thing. It's like, you know, I didn't love the language. And it could have just been a mistake that she wrote the wrong way, but mm. it's not should he put into my it's like this is how much the household earns. Yeah. What are we doing with it? Yeah. 
And if it was a deal breaker, work out how much the super was. So if it was $5,000 for the year or whatever it was. That she would have earned if she wasn't on Matt If it's an absolute deal breaker, knock yourself out, put the five grand in. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then again, if it is a deal breaker, is I mean, do we need uh, marriage counselling anyway? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. Like, I think she's being smart. Um, yeah, I just think, and this is the thing with society, I know there is a gender pay gap. Yeah. Which I don't think, and hear me right, I don't think it's a gender pay gap, it's systemic sexism, which leads to that. Yeah. But... But you know what? We I actually have like better things to think about with my time. I don't think I've ever once thought about gender pay gap, ever worried that, oh my God, Glenn's working like nine months more than me this year. He's going to get more super. I actually don't care. Yeah. But I mean, you probably earn more than ma- some males in a well, that's similar role. Well, may be true. Yeah. But it's we've just got to move away from with society that we get everything I think without so. doing anything. I think and so. And the whole thing is we've got to remember... We live in one of the best countries on the planet. It still is a choice to have a baby. Yeah. And that's what I was, that's what I meant about copying things on the chin. Like I think you just need to take the good with the bad. Mm. And that's just one of the things that, um, you know, happens when you go on maternity leave. Mm. But I would say if I was financially coaching them and it was a sticking point and – yeah, if it was five grand. But what does it matter? If- like it's coming from him paying to her. So at the end of the day, assuming they're still married, happy days, what does it matter? Who, what does it matter whose yeah, name it's in? Exactly. Yeah. I think there's bigger problems than that. But I actually one thing I do like about this question, she's thinking about her future. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. So good. And credit to her because yeah. you need to look after yourself. Absolutely. And yeah. that's what I said. Like mm. Yeah. That's what I meant when I said it's a little insane. Like it's probably not the way that the majority of society would approach it, but mm. a smart woman I think would be thinking, mm. well, what, you know, like I'm foregoing that to give you this. Mm. So. Mm. Interesting. It is. Anything else you want to add? No. About life? That was a bit of a rant. Sorry. That's all right. No, nothing. I'm good. Sweet. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get back to my shame shake. Yes. In Glenn's beautiful new car. Yeah, don't spill it everywhere. (laughs) What are you doing? So, for spouse's income, I forgot to mention this when I was talking with John. There's a thing called the spouse tax offset. So, if there's a high income earner, you know, earning 100 grand and the spouse is earning less than $37,000, if the spouse puts $3,000 into the lower spouse's super account, up to $3,000, they will receive a tax offset of up to $540. So it could be a legitimate thing that maybe in the financial year that her income has dropped, and if it does drop below the $37,000, if the family household budget has three grand to spare, it could be worth throwing that three grand into the lower income earner's super account. I'm looking at you and talking yes. to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, absolutely. Definitely but, worth it. <clears throat> but it's more of a, hey, the household has this money coming in 
each month mm. or each week or each fortnight, what are we doing with it? Yeah. So, there is an argument that if we are consumer debt free, like if you've got credit cards or consumer debt, you're not even worrying about putting money to super, mm. if it's me. Um, if the income for the person on maternity leave is under $37,000 and you've got money kicking around, knock yourself out, throw three grand in. Yep. That could be maybe the max that you would do to yep. get the $540 tax offset. Yep. But yeah, if you want to look at that on uh, the ATA website, you can just Google um, spouse tax offset or speak to your accountant. Um, so that's probably the only... I don't think I'd be putting more than that $3,000 in. Well, Johnny, we might leave it there. That was kind of cool. Yeah, good um, Q&A. Yeah, so remember, if you do have any questions like that, um, jump in the Facebook group, email me any audio questions because this show is for you. Um, and freaking Aaron, hurry up and get back from holidays. <laughs> We're missing you, Ez. <laughs> we know, it's not... Oh, geez, I spilled my thing again. Um, but yeah... Facebook group, Instagram, be in contact. And, um, yeah, we're looking forward to hearing from y'all soon. Cheerio. (laughs) See ya. Remember, we hang out on Insta at MyMillennialMoney. If you're a regular listener, you're welcome to join our Facebook group. If you want more money hacks, be sure to subscribe to My Millennial Money Express. It's short money hacks anywhere, anytime, right into your ears. Any advice in this podcast is of a general nature only and has not been tailored to your personal circumstances. Please seek personal advice prior to acting on this information. Before making a decision to acquire a financial product, you should obtain and read the product disclosure statement relating to that product. Opinions constitute our judgment at the time of issue and are subject to change. Neither the licensee, any of the National Australia Group of Companies, nor their employees or directors give any warranty of accuracy nor accept any responsibility for errors or omissions in this podcast. Glenn James, Urban Ghetto Approaching Limited, trading as Sort Your Money Out, are authorised representatives of Apogee Financial Planning Limited, AFSL 230689. Hey, hey, hey. Two, two, two. Hey, hey, hey. Just talk for a sec. Hello. Turn that down. (coughs) How are you? Nervous. (laughs) (laughs) So. Oh, my God. So, we... Um, where are we? Hey, hey, hey. I didn't bring my headphones. It feels weird without headphones. I know. So, after John and I answered that question, I thought it would be nice to have a a woman's touch. Oh, a women's... Or a woman's perspective. Do you reckon, like, white lady funerals? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird how it's like... For a woman's Who understanding. Was I was just talking to some... Uh, anyway, it's irrelevant. Keep going. No, no. Would you want to get buried by white ladies for a woman's understanding? Oh, look, you know, I'm dead, mate. I probably don't care. <laughs> I might put it in my will. 
to not I go. I only want to be buried by white ladies. <laughs> I, only want to, I only want white ladies mm. because I need a women's understanding. Like literally I was talking to someone who knew someone who just started working there and their requirements are crazy. Yeah, I think you've got to be like. Um, like if you're driving the car, you need to have the hat and the blazer on. Like yeah. just stuff like that. I can't remember who it was though. Actually, I've been to a couple of white lady funerals and they've been a bit just awkward. It's, it's a like, bit fake. Yeah, but it's like you don't have to pretend. Like it was just weird. Mm. It's just so fake. It's fake. Yeah, yeah it's fake. Yeah. Um, I just want my funeral to be like real, keeping it real. Do you want to be buried or cremated? I don't know. I want to be buried. Do you? Yep. Absolutely. I don't know. Anyway, I had a confession to make. What? Parked in a disabled car park. When? Well, long story short, I went for a swim five a.m. The other morning, yeah, it was dark. There was no one in in the pool around the area. Thought uh, I'll check if the pool has water in it because it gets cleaned once a week. Is that the one at Blue Bay? Yeah, yeah. So I'll drive down right next to it so I can see. Yeah. Thought, oh, cool. There's water in it. I'll just leave my car here, right? So I get out and yeah, there's an old guy not happy with me because um I'm in his park. <sighs> yeah, so I felt about two foot tall. So did you? Did you leave the car or did you just park yeah, there? just parked there and swam. Really? And, and by the time I finished, it was light. So, uh, yeah. But did now, he say anything to you? Lesson learned. Yeah, he had a good couple of words to me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, look, what, what defense have I got? Did you walk like with a limp or something to pretend? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I genuinely said, mate, I'm really sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Won't, won't happen again. I held you like up here. <laughs> Down. <laughs> You're going down. You come down to my level. How's it feel? No, maybe not that low, but <laughs> yeah, not not a proud. Oh, you're a funny one. <laughs> not a proud moment. Wow. Anyway, we call them learning lessons. They are a yeah. learning opportunity. Yeah. Um. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 